Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cheese and pickle. All of television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the TV producer and writer and all-round TV nerd, Vicky Thomas. Hello. Hiya. So tell me what you'd like to talk about today. I would like to talk about the amazing funk, jazz, freestyle way of learning about numbers that Sesame Street oh. employed, known as the, the pinball song. It's bloody brilliant. So it counts to 12 mm. with an animated sequence and it's, it's over 12 minutes long. Well, each one is, is very, very quick. It is, um, but the actual, yeah. if you watch the whole thing, it's over 12 minutes. Like mm. It's more than a minute per number. But it's a way of counting from 1 to 12 with a beautiful animation of a pinball whizzing around a pinball table with this insane increasingly jazzy, druggy, like wigging out soundtrack. me where you first saw this and why you wanted to talk about it today. But it, it's one of those things that just sort of grows on you. It's it's there. It's always been there. And it's if you were brought up in, you know, in the UK, in America, wherever, if you were born in the 70s, yep. um, I think it was originally recorded in the early 70s. Yeah. You, you just have this thing imprinted on your brain. And it's this kind of crazy thing with changing time signatures and the pointer sisters it's quite, and it is right it's the point it's a bloody pointer, the sisters. pointer sisters who did some amazing tunes yeah um, but they're not cre- they're, it's not credited it's just like they happened to be no they the were people who did this they were the vocalists i think they had uh just loads of people from i think it was from california yeah. just recording the whole thing it's either you're a toddler or you're stone to all fuck that's the only reason you'd mm. keep this up for 12 minutes <laughs> without without stopping because it's insanely like repetitive but sort of mesmeric and it does it at times the jazz freestyling with flutes it gets really really out of control it's quite mad but kind of a beautiful feat of it must be just be people on drugs like making stuff for toddlers that was the 70s wasn't it's, it it's basically the the grooviest thing that's ever happened it and is. it was for kids it was it for is. kids that's who it was designed for yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know that's We'll teach children to learn how to count, but we'll do it in the funkiest possible way. Yeah. 
and it's so 70s but it's also it's really really timeless because you can sit and quite happily listen to that music it's beautiful i remember one of the first things i really liked about my husband was that he has a t-shirt with the kind of the emblem it's like a brown Mm. t-shirt a self-consciously 70s color with the pinball wheel on the front Mm. Uh, and i was like oh hey cool one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve you know it has that trick of being really really simple and really repetitive yeah and you you would see this thing i mean god knows how many episodes of sesame street there are oh god but, so but many, you would yeah. get it every time and it would just be it's so beautifully crafted to it's the perfect earworm it's a really, it really good is. earworm because yeah, yeah. once you think about it now or if you listen to it a couple of times for probably the next 48 to 72 hours your brain will be going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We're going to make sure it is by playing clips repeatedly. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, but it's true. We all know the words. That's the first thing. That's easy. Mm. And it is. It just... It's the sheer... 12 minutes of repetition is quite an audacious thing. Like, you know, in any piece of music, any composer at some point, any writer of pop songs would go, maybe we'll uh, do a key change here or just 12 fucking minutes of this stuff. It's, it's, it's just quite bonkers. And it's a pinball machine, which is fascinating. Yeah. If you're a kid, it's a big machine. Oh, you can't stop happening. following it with your eyes. So, yeah, yeah. You know, you're kind of totally invested in it. And I'm, you know, I wonder sometimes if that's possibly, if you could learn other things. That way, if you if yeah. you if you applied that to other what languages, of things, or, yeah, yeah, maybe just it's just repetition. Surely that's it, isn't it? it? Just it hammers things into your brain. I obviously looked at this on YouTube. We'll put the link up on the Twitter feed, uh, but it's pretty easy to find. Just Sesame Street mm. pinball, you're there straight away. The main link on YouTube has over three million views. Yeah, so people know this. Again, it's one of those things where. Did we see it when we were young? Possibly not. Possibly found it when we were at university. I don't know. I can't remember now. Mm. It's one of those things that just, like you said, it seeps into your brain. It's, it's insidious. It's, mm. it's you know, one day you, you realise that it's there and it's sort of wedged firmly in a corner of your mind. Yeah. And it's that sort of thing where you are frightened to think about it because you know it'll be at the forefront of your yeah. brain for several yeah. days afterwards. We apologise. Sorry, it's too late. It's happened now. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, earworms, it's just such a big earworm. I know. And that, that's what makes it perfect. It is. But Sesame Street was a weird one because I think I did. I'm not sure, you know, when uh, fashion for repeats comes and goes, I'm not sure if Sesame Street was being repeated when I was young enough to sort of, you know, learn Mm. from it, watch it. I I think it was probably something I watched when I was a tiny bit older. And I didn't love lots of it. Like, I didn't find Big Bird charming. I found him a bit sort of... He's annoying, isn't he, Big Bird? Yeah, kind of shrill, a bit over-explaining and, like, not that cute. And I think Cookie Monster, I thought, was sort of all right. And there was, like, an an American over-sincerity of some of the guys who lived on the street and things. But I think coming back to it now I look at it and think what a brilliant brilliant educational tool it was like it's it's all funded by the US Office of Education the Department of Health Education and Welfare like it's a proper Mm. backed up by obviously methodology education they're informing kids but it was 12 minutes of superlative funk like they really put everything into it it was so much better than it needed to be I think can I tell you my interesting slash slightly worrying big bird (laughs) fact go on I knew you'd have one. (laughs) Yeah. So if you remember in the 80s, the uh, Challenger space mission. Oh, God, no, I do. Which went wrong. The disaster, yeah. I remember watching it. Being at school and we we were watching it. uh, Probably on the wheeled out telly on the stand. Yeah, yeah, me too. And there was a teacher on there and everything. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the people that was supposed to be on that was... Big Bird. Big Bird what was now? going to go to space. What the actual fuck? So the... I can't remember. In the costume? I think there, there may have been a point at which there was a 
photo opportunity in the costume. But the guy that was Big Bird was my mouth is just open. So <laughs> it would have been the most amazing uh, Sesame Street coup would oh be that God. kids would learn about space because. Big Bird, Big Bird would, would be actually in go to space. <laughs> Zero gravity Big Bird. Oh, shit, And then shit, you think about awful. what happened. Oh, and then my you think God. About if Big Bird had gone into, on, into yeah, no. space mission. I mean, it was bad enough and, already. Um, that would have really fucked up a That's bit of That's nuts. So what, the actor in the suit... Yes. Is a, an actor, I'm assuming. It's a it was guy. an actor, yeah. Well, he would have, he would have what, done astronaut... Or he'd have to do astronaut training. Just, yeah. Wow, because wee. one of the I think it was teachers they had civilians that were on that craft. Yes, so, yes, yes. Um, so it was an idea at one point that oh Big God. Bird would go up there because it would just tie in so beautifully with yeah. Sesame Street, and it wow. would be children around the world, yeah, getting an opportunity to see what space was like and through the eyes of Big Bird. So much more, of course. Bloody hell, that's mad, isn't it? Personally, I would have sent Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> that would have been great. Not Cookie Monster. No. You'd have like the special spaceman food, freeze-dried cookies in... Some... No, perhaps of not. Of course, yeah. Cookie Monster in a Monster Hotel or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, they have Cookie Monster there and then once they had Cookie Monster's English cousin Biscuit <laughs> Monster Biscuit Monster <laughs> looking exactly like Cookie Monster obviously but he was British and he ate biscuits and not cookies biscuit just doesn't work but I just it's love how cookies. The, the, the Sesame Street universe obviously because you've got the Muppets as well they just sort of seep out into well, of course, other yeah. areas of culture they all live in vaguely the same world I'm guessing the Fraggles occupy the same universe sort mm. of but in a light under a lighthouse I mean yeah all those Henson puppets kind of they live in the same place don't they in a beloved place in our Hearts. Oh, I sound like someone from Sesame Street. I'm going to puke. You do. Um, no, the bo- most boring bits of Sesame Street, though, for me, were the bits where the um, where the human adults were in there. It's, like, it's no, true. I don't, I don't want to know about you. I want, to, no. I want to know about the Count. I want to know about Oscar the Grouch, particular favourite. Puppets and cartoons, yeah. please. Yeah, I yeah. liked the guy that would turn up into a restaurant. He'd, he'd make a sound effect, like it'd be like a telephone sound. He'd oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there, yeah. There are so many weird... Was the bald eagle, was that the Muppets or was that Sesame no, Street? Because in my brain, yeah. a lot of it does mash up into one show. Because I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't a huge Sesame Street fan. Muppets, absolutely Sesame Street. I was, it took me a bit longer to get into it. So in my head, they kind of end up being the same show sometimes. But it's, there's so much of Sesame Street that wedges into your brain. I mean, they used to do informative films. There was one about how um, milk gets from the farm to oh, the shop. yeah. And it was really creepy. It was just really creepy. It was just this music. Uh, you can, I think you can find it on YouTube with just this little plaintive voice going, Milk, 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 milk. And, and it's a bit Morris really... Sendak, isn't it? It's a bit like yeah. designed to get under your skin and make you feel a little bit itchy. Desolate farms in 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 the freezing cold <laughs> with with people collecting milk and putting them in a tanker, and it was just yeah. You were expecting somebody to die a horrible death. Oh at God! Any point, you know? It's not it's not very. Um, remember in Blue Peter in this country we had a uh, Simon Groom. Uh, he lived on a farm in Derbyshire in Dethick. Still lives there. It's a B and B. You can stay there. It's delightful. I, I recommend. I highly recommend you go. Him and his lovely wife, Jilly, run it. But they did a whole uh, thing where he took Janet Ellis back to his family farm to show her how they managed the herd and all that. I'm not sure if it was sheep or cattle. But, you know, it was, it was much nicer. It didn't feel like death was imminent at all. It was just charming pastoral
natural scenes in a sort of a farmyard setting. That 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 milk thing is starting to ring eerie bells in my in the frightened yeah. parts of my brain. I was going to say, you know, uh, maybe you should watch it, but maybe you shouldn't. No, I think I'll just leave it where it is. You might not sleep for a week. Nah. It's just weird, and we've nah. completely gone off. The topic of the Pointer Sisters. Doesn't matter. Go on then. So how did they end up doing this? Do we know that? Was it just because, you know, they were jobbing musicians at the I th- time? And... I think they, they were. I mean, I say it was the early 70s and it was, it was lots of sort of San Francisco-based musicians. You kind of get the feeling that Sesame Street's sort of a commune, don't you? Totally. Oh, just God. Like yes. musicians and vocalists and Definitely. random people just turning up and, yeah. and imparting their knowledge. And Every night they're around a campfire passing yeah. huge doobies. Yeah, um, playing banjos. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, where did Mr. Snuffleupagus come from? He's not invented <laughs> some kind of by some sort of weed-related. I mean, that's the delightful thing: the communication between adults off their tits on drugs and toddlers. It's a perfect direct link between those two kinds of brain. It's great. It's perfect. When it kind of bled into that whole thing of you know, you'd have you and me and Pigeon Street and all of those early eighties kids programs, and they would have sort of a reggae soundtrack and yeah, yeah, they'd be quite cool. They'd be quite multicultural. Yeah, and I think Sesame Street was probably very, very much. Yeah. Uh, responsible for that because before that it was all you know hello children was watch with mother watch with mother Muffin yes mule. <laughs> yeah, mule. here comes andy pandy <laughs> yes not a lot of ethnic diversity in those shows but you know yeah we're talking we're going way back aren't we but you're right i think that style of kids television definitely came from the states we learned a lot from them yeah it was it was inclusive it was multicultural it was fun it was relaxed and it wasn't right you must learn children it and was above all, about... all it was funky it was very funky <laughs> victoria thank you so much for talking to me about this before you leave can i ask you to delve into my box of delights and pick out a quick fire question oh, i say i'm delving i'm delving can you can you hear me del- oh i'm going to take one go from on near the bottom of the box who do you want to read you a Jack and Ori story? Oh, now this can be anyone alive or dead, like literally anyone. Obviously, it's Cribbins. If this was Desert Island Disc, you got Cribbins. He's in the bank. He's safe. Who else do you want? I wouldn't Cribbins. What? Why no, not? No, because there's Tom Baker. Oh, so it's Tom Baker. Of course you would want Tom Baker. How could you possibly want anybody mm. other than Tom Baker to read <laughs> you a story? Because I want better Cribbins do. <laughs> Tom well, Baker. Well, go on. Why Tom Baker? Tell me why. He's I mean, just... it's obvious, but... Oh, he's just wonderful with his booming voice and his I don't know if you've ever read Who on Earth is Tom Baker his uh, autobiography it's joyful is it he's had you know he has such an interesting background he's He's quite the character working class Liverpudlian brought up in a big family was a monk for a while yes yeah I forgot about the monk thing explains about how monks always walk hunched over because they've got a stalk on his words (laughs) Um, just sort of inherently a very very amusing man very very fruity voice yeah Um, fruity as hell I'd love him to read me uh, right. anything. He could read me the back of a cereal packet. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Vicky, he's yours. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. Thank you. 
The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.